is a country beyond that which is known to humankind. A stray country. A country that exists west of October. Whose borders are somewhere between midnight train whistles and the distant hell of a dog. A country that lies somewhere in the stitched and jittering static between radio stations. A country that drifts through America like a traveling salesman. But every now and then stops to nest on a small town. A small church. A single street. And maybe, just maybe, some kind of delayed radio broadcast you've stuffed in your ears. Chapter 34 The Corporation for Public Pulpit Pounding and Fast Food Chain Churches The janitor locked the closet door, pulled the light string. One incandescent swung. Back and forth. Back and forth. The janitor swung fingers through his supply card like he was shuffling a deck of cards. Billy looked the closet high, saw nothing but a carnival of cleaning supplies. Jack sniffed the closet deep, smelled nothing but a circus of sanitation. The janitor found something. A spray bottle drew and fired. Soaked the cracks of the door, tracing the shape of the door, like Billy had seen the organ man trace the windows with ant killing holocaust at Grandpa's cabin. Yes, this janitor did the same with the very door they had just come through. Traced the whole thing in one big bottom-heavy rectangle all the way around, streaming it with this postmodern holy water. Nine minutes passed. No one said a word. The one strung up light bulb swung somehow in the dead air. The ball chain tapped the glass. Tap, tap, tap. Thirty-three seconds into the ninth minute, Billy's voice creaked open. What is that stuff? School budgets too low, no mind the good stuff, the janitor explained. So I'm left to mix ammonia and water. The janitor clicked the trigger. Another spray and pray around the door. The frame blinked in the fluid. The bottle was holstered on the cart. The janitor's eyes surveyed his work. Left side, right side, top, bottom. Yes, yes, yes. His eyes narrowed. Yes. His lip turned at the corner. He almost nodded. His mop was leaned against the door. A hand went to a pocket. Out came a pack of cigarettes. A lip pulled out a gasper. It dangled, fancy-free, casual in his mouth. He did not light it. 
Mr. Mr. is good enough, said the janitor. Mr. Mr.? Yes, Mr. Um, okay, Mr. Billy blinked. Will we be safe here? The janitor looked at the door, soaked at the seams with sanitarium logic. His lips burst, the dry cigarette tilted. He almost nodded. Cross your fingers, kid. Billy blinked. Jack spoke up. Cross your fingers? What kind of talk is that? The man tried again. I hope so. Hope? Jack blurt. He gotta do better than hope. The janitor looked at him. Sucked janitor closet air through the lonely stick on his lips. I don't got any better than hope, kid. Jack blinked. Looked like he was ready to run. But to where? Outside the closet door, the junior high school halls played the same quiet song as forgotten Texas highways. Derelict gas stations, old century cemeteries, abandoned Gilded Age mansions, broke Texas windmills, barbed wire fences, rusted out Chevys, and ramshackled farmhouses full of slaughterhouse unemployed and their sleeping chainsaws. You've done a lot of hoping by the time you get to my age. Built up a real junkyard of transplanted ideas propped up by electricity. A light show row. Something to dim the midway by comparison. Lights and sounds both. Can't keep the power on forever. In fact, you get to a point where you don't want to. The janitor struck a match. Drew it in for his cigarette. No! The man froze, shocked at the iron in the kid's voice. Billy stammered, shocked by the film grain in his throat. Not yet. Billy's eyes were on the match, on the cigarette. The janitor looked to the stick, struck flame. To the smokerette. To the kid. To the cigarette. To the match. Flicked the flame dead. Took a drag of plain old from the carton cigarette without the benefit of fire. But you gotta have more than hope, Billy said, almost a bag in his tone. You're the only other one that sees it. And you're a janitor, right? The guy with fist of steel wool. The guy who can sniff out snake oil. Knows the difference between Windex and off-brand. Can smell the nuance between Comet and Ajax. Knows why there's hydrogen in the peroxide. Dust your toast with barkeeper's friend. Am I right? You got scrubbing agents in your flesh. Half-transplanted with oxalic acid. Propped up with pH-balanced sweat. You apply bleach like suntan lotion. Tell me I'm not wrong. The janitor... Stood looking. His cigarette did not move. He sucked the world through it, like it was the only way to breathe. But his lips 
dinner part. Oh, Jesus, Jack cried. Jesus, Billy, he can't fix this. He's as scared as we are. But he's the janitor. Billy, if a janitor can't fix this, no one can. We gotta get to a church. A church. The man shook his head. That's the least safe place we could go. We? Asked Billy. We? The man said. Least safe. Jack exclaimed. The janitor nodded. Don't you remember, Jack? The sack got inside, not just the hall, but the chapel, up on the stand, behind the preacher's podium, to the choir seats for crying out loud. We'll try another church, Billy. Something was wrong with that one. Probably Mary Marley let a guy feel up her boobs behind the sacrament table, or maybe Johnny Seesaw carved a curse into a pew somewhere. We'll try again. There's no place safer than a church. Not in these country deeps, son. Why not? Jack's voice was loaded with a fight. Because here, the churches have been tucked far away from the eyes of God. Oh, sure, we crack off spires for heaven like gunslingers trying to feed revenge. That's for sure. But if there's something, it ought to tell you boys. It's beware of churches that look too churchy. Too churchy, Jack said. Is that even a word? But the janitor kept talking. Boys, if someone has to tell you they're policemen, run away. Because real policemen have the suit to show. Real policemen don't have to tell you anything because their uniform has already done the talking. But say you meet a man at the mall in plain clothes and he said, come with me. We gotta talk about your dad. In fact, your mom sent me and you can trust me because I'm a policeman. Would you go with him? No, Billy said. No's right. Because real policemen don't have to tell you they're policemen. It's in the uniform. It's the badge. But not just the uniform. The way they talk. The way they walk. The uniform saturates their bones until everyone could eye out a veteran policeman in plain red clothes. And what's all this talk about policemen about? It's about the churches, them not being safe as you'd think. Well, they aren't unsafe, boys. No, don't mistake my meaning. But they don't have the alarm system of God the way you think. What do you mean? Asked Jack. Never trust a church that has to tell you it's a church. And the churches around here are just too churchy for my taste. Too anxious to let you know they rep for Jesus. Too much in a hurry to sell you salvation. Too hungry for you to pull up a chair and dine at the sacrament table. Why, just start with their numbers. A church on every corner. Every other corner. Oh. Yeah, we're deep in steeple country, that's for sure. But why do you need so many chapels if not to mark your territory like a dog? Can you not find an empty seat on Sunday? I've seen plenty. Have people started calling the pews sardine tins? I haven't heard it. So why so many? 
because churches around here are just different kind of dog piss. Something to mark the land, something to mark the members. Take the British Isles. You boys know which has the most castles. The boys blinked. Ireland. The land of potato farmers. So how was a bunch of folks known for shucking the ground for a bunch of spuds built so many medieval mansions? Don't know. Well, it's because castles were big stone watchdogs. A type of pet lord. An English form of scarecrow. And the Irish were the crows. Yes, boys. Castles were something to scare the Murphys and McGinnises in the English type of order. That's what. And so here we are. Two worlds away and half as many oceans bent to our own crop of spuds by these American mansions haunted by God. Huh, yes. You don't have churches like this in the old world, boys. No, because building a church like this takes the frontier. Building churches like this takes the West. And the English's only West was Ireland, and the Irish's only West was water. But here in America, Jesus Christ, I'll be damned if the churches couldn't walk West. I'll be damned if the religion couldn't get out ahead of the chapels. And how in the world do you do that in the old world? When you grow up in the shadow of the church and your grandpa grew up in the shadow of the very same church and his grandpa grew up in the shadow of the still same church. But yes, America's a different beast, boys. America, the first place in the world where a man could jump over the mountain where the sun had just gone and start up an electric laboratory for religion. Some place took far away from the eyes of God. And there was no church there yet to tell him he was wrong. The man chewed his cigarette. I was getting at something. The churches aren't safe, Jack whispered. The man's eyes sparked. Yes, the churches aren't safe. Yes. We're in steeple country. This country's been branded by steeples. But look at them, boys. And tell me if they really feel like church. When it comes to chapels and churches, you've got to ask yourself one question. Does this place feel churchy because it is? Or because someone told me? The boys blinked. The man kept going. Oh, sure. Around here, the chapels are shelled out like gunslingers on parade. Once, in our lawless American past, men slung bullets, and everywhere a bullet fell, a church sprouted. Everywhere casings dropped, seedlings took root. Everywhere a bullet pierced a pocket watch, a chapel was planted, as if pulling Wild West triggers was like sowing chapel seeds. And that's how it was. Then, when an old man like me was your parents' age, the American church got wise and realized people like me or your grandparents liked eating the same hamburger anywhere in the country. Well, because Eisenhower had done all this freeway expansion and made America just a bit more walkable, provided you had a car, and suddenly 
It wasn't so far away to get to Atlantic City, and a boy wasn't stuck in sweet water. But it was scary to leave him home, and he had a whole generation of folks trembling like runaways, testing the continental spread and shaking while doing so. And businessmen realized you can't have a whole generation shaking, or else the world would flip over. And so they used the freeways too, and shipped their hamburgers across the country. And suddenly that boy from Sweetwater didn't feel so lost on the deep end of the Rocky Mountain watershed, because he had had a McDonald's hamburger in Chicago, and one in New York, and another in Detroit, so Los Angeles didn't feel so goddamn foreign. And guess what? All those hamburgers tasted the same, and so everywhere felt like home, even Waukegan, Illinois. And it was a good idea for the churches to follow the hamburgers, because Americans liked it. So McDonald's gave people the same hamburger everywhere. So did the American church. And the people were in the suburbs, so McDonald's brought their patties to the people. And the American church followed the scent of two all-beef patties, because the old world religions hadn't figured it out. And you did have a few, like embassies, plotted out on American soil. One for the Catholics, and another for the Greek Orthodox, but they were all downtown in the urban country. But America's always been about bringing things to the people, not making the people come to the thing, whether it's church or business or government. The man sucked air through his dry cigarette. I was headed somewhere. The church is out there. Billy pointed to the suburbs beyond the door. Yes, the church is out there. The man's lips swung the cigarette to the other side. So here, today, we stand lost in a wood of churches, a forest of unfolded playing cards, surrounded by chapels anchored with every man's eloquence to the good brown dirt. A forest of spires blotting out the high noon sun. Hymnal pages rustling like the leaves to mute out lone voices. Something isn't right about this forest, boys. Something doesn't feel natural. It doesn't carry your voice like a forest should. No, it tends to swallow it. I don't feel like I'm in God's given nature, but rather on the set of some movie. Walking, some force, made to fool a million cinema-goers, but has trouble convincing the actors on stage. I can smell the plastic in the air. I can see the roof of the sound stage. I've seen the lightning fiddled the mock daylight. I look out that junior high window my day, by sweep a broom, and see a fistful of spires lording over the suburban homes, and they just don't feel like the houses of God to me. I push the dust around and wonder what plague rotted them from the inside, why their operatic sense of destiny sounds flat. How it was that even the goddamn churches got homogenized and pasteurized until they had so much in common with a jug of milk they might as well serve it for sacrament. 
and just when did the American church become vain old matinee idols fanning the audience for drum rolls? When was it the churchgoers became an audience? When did things slide from parishioner? Once upon a time, we were disciples, then a flock, then a parish, then just churchgoers, a crowd, and today, an audience. But audience is all wrong, isn't it? Audience implies church has more in common with cinema than it does with God. Anything else? Asked Jack. Yeah. The man's eyes flashed realization like a struck match. Cinema churches, movie house chapels, that's where they are today. And maybe once it was just one man walking across the country. The first traveling carnival, long before film was loaded into revolver projectors to shoot the churches dead. Yes, the first carnival proprietor, a carnival preacher, walking west with his sideshow of freaks and visionary Indian angels throwing out pop culture religion for the masses, stories about sword men and wars, something that was like a movie before there were movies. And so it was shoved in the pages of a book, Popcorn Pulp, they may have called it, and the carnival preacher had to house the idea somewhere, and there were no movie houses, so why not a church? Because a church, what other building, is only used one day a week. And so that's it, boys. That's where the idea of entertainment was born. Reading Pulp Fiction, Pseudopagrapha, in a chapel on Monday night. And no wonder people say they go to the movies religiously. The man looked to the silent theater neighborhood as if he could see it through the closet door. And leaves us here, today, with churches what have more in common with the midway than they do with Mr. Jesus. Chapels full of carnival preachers, carousel religion, and matchstick theology. Whistling hymns, what are really the kind of tune you would play to advertise a traveling circus coming over the hills. Some kind of song plucked from a pub, spit-shined to sound like small-town rain on a calliope. Drinking yesterday like gasoline cocktails, because that's why people go to the carnival, right? To remember how simple yesterday was, because the carnival never changes. And so, if the carnival in the world doesn't feel as complicated as cold wars and nuclear threats. At the carnival, you're doing things your grandfather did. So you feel married to the human family. You eat the same funnel cakes, you drink the same soda, you laugh at the same clowns, you hold your breath at the same eight-foot-tall woman, you ooh and awe at the same pair of Siamese twins, you play your same hand to lose at the ring toss. So people go to church, the same church as their grandparents. They feel like Grampy and Grammy aren't so dead, as the cemetery says. 
Why, if you go to the same church and sing the same songs and read the same books and believe in the same heaven and name your life the land in the same kingdom come, why, don't all the tears you leaked feel more like bricks of a bridge than anything else? The boys blinked. The man's lip shuffled his cigarette to the other side of his mouth. Gotta admire them for bringing God down to earth, religion to the people, and yes, they cut all the pomp and circumstance from the Catholic carousel and stripped off the Protestant preference for public pulpit pounding to make a church that wouldn't scare the people. A church that could walk, a church that came to the people instead of the people coming to it. A blue-collar, bargain-bin religion. Something stitched together after the Constitution, full of fledgling Americana, kicking against it at times, leaning into it at others. And why? The man's cigarette seemed to trumpet the word. The question was why. Why aren't the churches safe? Billy blinked. Jack blinked. The janitor took a dry drag of the cigarette. His voice slowed like all that talking and learned him something. Because they are churches. <laughs>